0: good evening this is the tomorrow christian today it's friday evening we are free for two days welcome everybody as i read exodus 28 in the nlt uh before i pray i had mentioned that i did get divorce papers and it was hard and it was a shock to me you know it was a mixture of relief and regret and i guess now tonight it's sort of settled in the reality and i pray for my children and You know, I'm reminded through the Holy Spirit or through reading the Bible, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And Jesus says, "Uh, but I say unto you which here, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. There is a time in life to fight, and there's a time in life to lay down the weapons and let God take care of it. May God grant us the wisdom to know what to do and when, by being close to Him through His Holy Spirit and His Holy Son, which is our Savior, Christ the Lord, who sits at the right hand of God our Father even now. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to read your word. Thank you for this spiritual manna, the spiritual bread that feeds us goes into our empty bodies and fills us up with the holy spirit that we will not be fighting and angry as people who need physical food and when we eat physical food the stress and the hypoglycemia goes away so we need the spiritual food of your word in order to be filled and so the aggression and the contention and the anger and the tenseness in this world a world that is dying from from lack of spiritual bread that will not come near us. You said we will drink from your, from the water of your words and knowledge and your spirit and your love. And in that way, we will never thirst again, but it is still ongoing in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Help us to read it and glean from it and read it with joy and passion. I pray in the name of Christ the King, amen. Clothing for the priests. Call for your brother Aaron and his sons Nadab, Abu, Elysiar and Ithamar, set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel so they minister to me and be my priests. So, you know, I just reminded in Second Peter, I think it is where God says, I'm looking for a holy priesthood, a, whole, a royal nation, and we're priests, not just Jewish, but just spiritually Jewish, right? We are from all nations, and we're supposed to be also priests before our God, and we have priests that are given the Holy Spirit that lives in us, and we will be evermore priests before God our Father. When we see him in the new covenant to come, the new universe, we will see him face to face, and we will always be his priests and his sons and daughters. Make sacred garments for Aaron that are glorious and beautiful. Instruct all the skilled craftsmen whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. Have them make garments for Aaron that will distinguish him as a priest set apart for my service. You have been distinguished, you've been set apart jesus said to peter feed my lambs peter is not the rock or the savior, or the savior and he's certainly not uh this person i go to i go to jesus but jesus says that peter was set apart as we all are set apart some are apostles some are disciples some are teachers some are greeters at the door some are deacons some are elders do you know what i mean verse 4 these are the garments they are to make a chest piece an ephod a robe a pattern a tunic a turban and a sash they are to make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons to wear when they serve me as priests. So give them fine linen, cloth, gold thread, and blue, purple, and scarlet thread. The craftsman must make the ephod of finely woven linen and skillfully embroider it with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. So there's the, the same colors that we've seen before, blue, purple, scarlet, like red is scarlet, right? And purple is the... Uh, color of a king and i thought i thought i read that blue was the color of obedience it's the color of obedience but i didn't really look that up um i'm just quoting from memory but my memory can be a little uncertain it will consist of two pieces front and back joined at the shoulders with two shoulder pieces the decorative sash will be made of the same materials finely woven linen embroidered with gold and with blue purple and scarlet thread doesn't, isn't there something in the Bible about the, the clothes, the, the righteous, you know, it's like the linen, it's the spiritual linen, Jesus gives us a cloak of righteousness. It's like we're clothed with something that's righteousness. You know, I personally, and this is just my personal opinion, and, pro- and, and who can really verify, and it's not worth fighting about. Like, I don't believe that Adam and Eve were, were naked in the garden. I believe they were wearing a, a cloak of light. I'm sorry, I just can't believe that they were walking around like nudists. Like maybe it's too much information and maybe, you know, I just, I don't get that personally. I think that their eyes were opened and the cloak of light disappeared with the sin thing because all of a sudden they knew how to experience sin now. So they were actually, it says their eyes were open they saw they were naked, but I think their eyes actually, they they had actually lost and they saw what they lost and they had lost both the connection with God and the cloak of righteousness. But that's just me because I just can't accept it like 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 the new universe is just a, a colony of nudists walking around on a new earth it just doesn't make sense to me i'm sorry i ain't buying it i don't know about the animals you know even the green even the hulk when he went crazy he had he had purple pants on <laughs> like it was just craziness do you know what i'm saying i do find it very interesting though now that i think about this and i don't know how i got off on this tangent like when jesus was dying on the cross we always see pictures of him wearing this little sort of linen cloth, like, like underwear kind of thing. And I would like to believe that God allowed him some dignity, but what if he didn't have that? Like when they crucified these guys on the cross, were, were they like totally like naked before God and all the people? Like, like, the Roman, like the Romans loved to kill people and they loved to do it with the cross, which was like shaming the person. Okay, you can't have a quick death you have to have a slow, agonizing death, and you have to be totally shamed and humiliated as you are dying. Like it's really a horrible way to die. Like our savior, I would like to believe was not, but I would think there's a small chance that he could have been. Like he was naked before God and man, the way Adam and Eve were naked uh, were, were naked when they realized their sin and the cloak of God's protection and righteousness and linen was peeled off them. That's my personal hermeneutic. I can't prove it and I don't need to and it's not worth fighting about because the Bible says, lean not unto your own understanding. That's not the gospel. The gospel is trusting in God and God knows what the details are, past, present, and future. Just to be humble, and I would like to be a humble reader of God's word. In my humble opinion take two on stones and engrave on them the names of the tribes of israel six names will be on each stone arrange in the order of the births of the original sons of israel engrave these names on the two stones in the same way a jeweler engraves a seal then mount the stones in settings of gold filigree fasten the two stones on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as a reminder that aaron represents the people of israel aaron will carry these names on his shoulders as a constant reminder wherever he goes before the Lord. Make the settings of gold filigree, then braid two cords of pure gold and attach them to the filigree settings on the shoulders of the ephod. Then with great skill and care, make a chest piece to be worn for seeking a decision from God. Make it to match the ephod using finely woven linen embroidered with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread make the chest piece of a single piece of cloth folded to form a pouch nine inches square nine inches wonder. that's strange nine inches nine fruits of the spirit like i know i may be doing some like overkill when it comes to some of these details but to me everything that god does like it's a lot of detail here and i just wonder is this kind of like god is like there a lesson in every single detail i don't even understand the lessons i don't know who does understand i'm sure there's a guy walking around who's a christian who probably has all these intricate ideas about what all this means and their ideas are all right. And even then he would be far away from God because God is so detailed. Everything is so decorated, you know what I mean? When God wants to be Spartan, he'd be Spartan. And when God wants to be totally detailed into the minutia, he's totally into the minutia, right? Because this is so much minutia, it just, it almost makes me wanna, the eyes roll in my head, right? Mount four rows of gemstones on it. The first row will contain a red carnelian, a pale green peridot, and an emerald. The second row will contain a turquoise, a blue, lapis lazuli, and a white moonstone. The third row will contain an orange jacinth, an agate, and a purple amethyst. The fourth row will contain a blue-green beryl, uh, an onyx and a green jasper, all these stones will be set in gold filigree. Each stone will represent one of the 12 sons of Israel, and the name of that tribe will be engraved on it like a seal. So all of these things, the seal, the stones, and I, I think I see all of these things kind of in the way the New Jerusalem is constructed. So there's that sense of permanence, that sense of purpose, that sense of forward thinking, that sense that this concrete world, this earthy concrete world, All the stuff on the priest, that's kind of a representation of the new man, the new universe, the new, like God is just the God of the past, the present, the future, until it's just one big moment. And it's all the same to God. It's all happening to him. You can see it all from beginning to end. And we can't because we're inside time. But it's just amazing to me how much stuff there is. And I, I guess with my IQ, I'm not a genius. But I, I can appreciate just how much stuff I just don't know here. Like I'm almost aghast at this. To attach the chest piece to the ephod, make braided cords of pure gold thread, make two gold rings, and attach them to the top corners of the chest piece. Take two gold. Oh wow! So there's so much stuff here. And then it says, verse 29. I can't. I can't read everything here. It says, in this way. In this way, Aaron will carry the names. Of the tribes of Israel on the sacred chest, piece over his heart. And when he goes into the holy place, this will be a continual reminder that he represents the people when he comes before the Lord. So Aaron is like the priest, the Levitical priest. And I guess Aaron is kind of a type. He's kind of a, uh, what, what is the word? So he's a symbol. He's a type. And Jesus is the reality. Jesus is the anti, anti-type so it's just uh it's so much so aaron is kind of a type of you know he's like the priest and moses was a priest but moses was also a king and then i think moses was like a mediator and he's kind of aaron is like a mediator right so there's so much stuff here about aaron and all these details about how they're dressed you know t- as if to try to elaborate jesus's role as a permanent high priest of the order of melchizedek that that's what i see now that's what i see there Insert the Urim and Thummim into the sacred chest piece so they'll be carried over Aaron's heart when he goes into the Lord's presence. In this way, Aaron will always carry over his heart the objects used to determine the Lord's will for his people whenever he goes in before the Lord. And I think there's some references in the Bible about how they use these things. You know, it almost sounds, I, I don't really, I don't know if I should, you know, it almost sounds like, kind of like, you know, the Ouija board thing. You know when you're using objects and they start dancing around by themselves like this almost sounds like that but i'm not saying that this chapter is satanic or occult but it's 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 spirits from god in this chapter but you know the ouija board that's kind of like the occult that's like demonic spirits you know spirits supernatural spirits that are not christ that are not godly that are not from our father you know and there's there's a supernatural power there in the occult but it's an evil demonic, despotic power. Do you know what I mean? Like God's spirit is the spirit of life from God. God is alive and he produces life. And without God, it's death. God says, those who hate me love death. Satan has power. He's a spirit. He's a supernatural, but he's not godly. He's ungodly. And anything that Satan does leads to death. It looks like life. It looks good on the surface, but inside there is no spirit. There's no life. It's, it's, it's trajectory is a final death. This universe is headed for a final death. It's called a heat death. It's called entropy where no molecules will move. Nothing, all molecular movement will cease. And I think they say, isn't that minus 273 degrees Celsius? like zero degrees kelvin is no molecular movement like there is no movement on a molecular level and i remember this because just recently they were talking about quantum computing at my work how it has to be super cooled and i thought i don't know if they were talking about something that is theoretical or something that they're delving into now like it has to be kept cool it has to be kept as close to 273 degrees kelvin as much as possible and i've Uh, 273 minus 273 degrees Celsius as much as possible and I remember that because that's something to do with thermodynamics and um, you know the guy talking he's a very smart guy he's not a scientist and I'm not a scientist either but when he said that number it's like wow this is like thermodynamics this is like quantum mechanics this is like something at the molecular level of the universe like this is just eerie it's just supernatural you know Additional clothing for the priests. Verse 31, make the robe that is worn with the ephod from a single piece of blue cloth with an opening for Aaron's head in the middle of it. Reinforce the opening with a woven collar so it will not tear. Make pomegranates out of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and attach them to the helm of the robe with gold bells between them. The gold bells and pomegranates are to alternate all around the hem. Aaron will wear this robe whenever he ministers before the Lord And the bells will tinkle as he goes in and out of the lord's presence in the holy place if he wears it he will not die now i heard that they you know they tied some thing around the priest if he went into the most holy place and if they didn't if he didn't move or the the bells didn't jingle then they were to pull him out or something and he he might most likely be dead i don't know if this ever happened like this is just scary you know it's like hey what's this for i gotta tie it around your leg why because if you die i have to pull you out of there Cause we can't go in there and get you out because we'll all die too. Like it's just frightening. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know if this ever happened. I'm sure there's again, you no, know, there's that, there's those seminary students who probably know this chapter way better than a guy like me just reading it out loud and sort of thinking about it and asking the Holy spirit to move me to speak. Like I'm sure, you no. Know, and, and I think there are people who do like to take courses who are not ministers. You know there are people who love to do essays and do writing and I'm not dinging you for that like I think if you got the brains to do this and really dig into the Greek and the Hebrew and what all these words mean and these alternative word meanings power to you you know you've been given a talent from God that I just don't have I'm a simple guy what you see is what you get I am Sparta no bells or whistles just plain Jane because I can't I'm not good with languages I tried to learn French didn't do it Tried to learn Croatian uh, when I went to my, um, well, soon to be ex-wife's uh, uh, country and couldn't learn it, um, English is all I got. And I also speak nonsense and jive and all kinds of ridiculous stupidity. Hey, I can even speak some Igpe Attenle, Pig Latin, but I can't speak other languages. It's not my talent. I don't have as much brain cells like that, but I'm happy with who I am. Verse 36, next make a medallion of pure gold and engrave it like a seal with these words, holy to the Lord. You know, it reminds me of what David Pawson said, the book of Leviticus is, the Lord says, you must be holy for I am holy. To be good is not good enough, that's just to common. You know, that's to be, that's, that's one step up from profane. You know, we have to be, we can't be common, we have to be holy, like we have to be sanctified. Like that's an altogether level. I mean, you walk out of this, you walk out of a church, you walk out of a Bible study and say, Hey, yo, dude, you're really good. Hey, thanks. You're excellent. Hey, thanks. You, 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 you gotta be sanctified. Person's gonna say, what, what are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? Wait, sanctimonious? Okay, anybody, everybody knows what that means. But to be sanctified, what does that mean? Holiness to the Lord, holiness. These are David Pawson's words, not mine, where he said, Quote, We have become too pally with God, unquote. Attach the medallion with a blue cord to the front of Aaron's turban, where it must remain. Aaron must wear it on his forehead, so he may not, so he may take on himself any guilt of the people of Israel when they consecrate their sacred offerings. He must always wear it on his forehead so the Lord will accept the people. So Aaron is wearing something on his forehead and his head and taking the guilt. So this is just like Jesus. Jesus took on the guilt of the whole world. Jesus was the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Isn't this what John the Baptist says to his followers who want to follow Jesus? Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And that's Christ our Lord. Nobody else took away the sin of the world. Everybody does say good things about acting right, living right, eating right, being right, thinking right, doing good things. Those are not bad things. But the sin had to be taken away and it could only be taken away by a sinless God, the God-man, Christ our Lord. No other human being could do what Jesus did on the cross. Verse 39, when Aaron's patterned tunic from the fine linen, uh, weave Aaron's patterned tunic from fine linen cloth, excuse me, I'm going blind, fashion the turban from this linen as well, also make a sash and decorate it with colorful embroidery. For Aaron's sons, make tunics, sashes, and special head coverings that are glorious and beautiful. Clothe your brother Aaron and his sons with these garments and then anoint and ordain them. Consecrate them so they can serve as my priests. Also make linen undergarments for them to be worn next to their bodies, reaching from their hips to their thighs. These must be worn whenever Aaron and his sons enter the tabernacle or approach the altar in the holy place to perform their priestly duties. Then they will not incur guilt and die. This is a permanent law for Aaron, and all his descendants after him in order to stand before god and live before god forever and be in his presence and god is fire to live in the fire as as the devil once did when he was perfect before he sinned this is what ezekiel ezekiel 28 you lived in the you lived among the fiery stones to live in God's fire, to be in God's fire and not be consumed, you have to be righteous, not unrighteous. I don't know where that hell slash purgatory theory came from, but that's not correct. Because the person who dies is the one who is guilty and has their sins stuck on them. This is what, look at what it says here. This is what the Bible says, not what men say. The Bible says that if you have sin on you, if you have guilt on you, you will die. And Jesus is the only one that takes it away because you need to have it taken away and to be sinless and guiltless to stand before God forever and ever without dying. And God is made of, I don't know what God is made of, but I see fire when God is in the room. Fire, like some kind of fire thing, And to live in the fire, you have to be sinless and righteous. Unrighteous people living in the fire forever doesn't make any sense to me. That's my opinion. But I'm reading the Bible and I'm trying to see it a different way. And I really cannot. You cannot have guilt and your own sin stuck on you. You cannot live with God forever. God bless you.